Welcome to Was I Drunk, a podcast for the refined, pretentious prick who waxes poetic at parties when they've had more than one smear off ice. I'm your host, Austin Cross, and with me today are... Sean. Wayne. Jenkins. And continued special guest two weeks in a row. The woman, Jamie. The woman, Jamie. Woman. All right. So as we did last week, we're going to go ahead and start with a non-serious topic. But before we do that, let's check in with our bar master extraordinaire and see what's on tap. Well, today I've made for us the Applejack and Orange. It's a great cocktail that calls for Applejack, which is not often used. Uh, it is a apple brandy, but it's not as processed as a lot of the apple brandies on the market. So when you go to buy this bottle, make sure that it's actually Applejack. Um, the biggest brand out there is Layards. They're actually the oldest distillery in America, founded in 1780. Um, so it's a Really, really great product if you can find it. Uh, it's a very simple drink to make. It's actually adjacent to a old-fashioned. So you're going to do one bar spoon of simple syrup, uh, two dashes of Angostura bitters, four dashes of orange bitters, a single dash of absinthe, and two ounces of Applejack. Throw all of that in your mixing glass, add ice, stir it, Throw it in a double old fashion with some ice and garnish with an orange twist. So, hope you guys enjoy. All right, so go. What do you guys think? You well, like I'm it? Take a sip of this thing. I haven't tried it yet. It's a bit. It's a bit stronger than <laughs> last week's. Uh, oh fuck! <laughs> it's a. That's a strong I, drink. I like it. Uh, it's got an interesting aftertaste too. It's got I can't some... describe it. No, it's it's good. It's just it, it is strong. It is strong. It's a it's essentially an old fashioned variation. So yeah, it is. It's liquor forward. That's for I sure. Mean, it's it's putting hair on my balls right this second as we. Per- oh, by the way, once again, sorry, sorry, Sean and Wayne's mom, I forgot you're listening to this. I keep saying, <laughs> just, this just, is, just pretend like me off just now. pretend like we never told you that. Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. We're just, that. I really yeah, like how yeah. it smells though. That. Like it's really refreshing and orangey. It's um, and the taste hits you. Well, and I don't think well, it's that bad. The aftertaste on it is good. It's just initially the alcohol. Yeah, it is it really, very, very spirit forward. Um, but that the aftertaste, what you guys call, um, it's the the evolution of it. So as what it, we call, everyone calls it an aftertaste. Yeah, but the, in cocktail <laughs> world, it's the evolution. Fancy so people. It's, it's how it uh, how it evolves in your mouth um, you? after you swallowed. That's boy, what a phrase you just spat out there. <laughs> no, he didn't spit it out. What he we're swallowed it. About today, <laughs> All right. So our first topic today are motorcyclists and specifically the lookout for motorcycles bumper stickers um this is a personal pet peeve of mine that i am going to take the devil's advocate position of today and by that i mean my actual opinions are the devil's advocate positions i i really do truly hold these opinions um i've got a i've got a real problem with it and i think we all know what kicked this all off 
plate. I saw the back of your car. Oh, yeah. So my wife, my lovely, beautiful wife, who's not listening to this because she doesn't support me. Um, she, hey, we listened to it at my cat's birthday party. So And she had some real non-comments about it. It was not her cup of tea. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. It's not her thing. But anyways, she, as a joke, knowing my opinions and feelings on this, was at a fair, a festival, and they were handing out these... Watch out for motorcycles bumper stickers. Uh, it was a magnetic thing. So she had slapped on the back of my car. And so as we're driving up, I literally say, we were driving her car. We're driving up the street and getting ready to park. And I look, I see it. And I'm like, I literally say, what in the fuck? Like legitimately upset for a split second. And she starts cracking up and laughing her ass off. So I suppose I should say what my opinion is. And then you guys can all jump on me and tell me. How I was just going to ask, I what's the issue with watching out for motorcycles? Because they're asking for special fucking treatment, okay? Listen, I so? watch out for motorcycles the exact same amount I watch out for every other vehicle on the road. So which you is don't. not very much. No, 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 I do. I Listen, I check my blind spots before I transfer lanes. I Slow always clap. watch out for vehicles. Yeah, exactly. I'm so brave. Fucking good I'm for so you. I'm just saying, though, why do they think they deserve special fucking treatment? They're driving a goddamn death trap, and they're telling me I should not mitigate that risk. So they aren't asking you for a special privilege. They are asking you to pay more attention. And they aren't specifically asking you because you, as you say, pay attention to what you are doing and where you are going and who is around you. The problem is uh, Johnny's cell phone over here is too busy posting that he's driving down, you know, the interstate that on Facebook to pay attention to the fact that there's a motorcycle right next to him, and he decides he's going to merge, even though he can't see shit, and he just runs him right off the road. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know what? Where's my fucking bumper sticker for um, watch out for douchebags on motorcycles, huh? I've had more incidents involving some asshole on a motorcycle who thinks he owns the fucking road and the laws don't apply to him than I've ever seen a motor a motorcyclist get endangered by a car on the highway. A handful of times I've seen like because you're a not car come looking over. out for motorcycles. I was gonna say maybe it's because you're not looking for them, but I mean whatever. You know what? <laughs> I'm just saying. At the end of the day, they want special treatment. For, for driving a motorcycle. It's like the end, of, I will watch for the same amount as you, but I'm not going to double check my fucking blind spot because you decided you want to well, ride something without, there's a safe. really good chance that you already check your double blind spot because I've ridden with you. You're a good driver. You probably double check your blind spot anyway. Again, to Wayne's point, this is not a sticker for you. It's not special treatment. It's the simple fact that when you're on a motorcycle, it's smaller than a car. It can fit in a blind spot really, really easily. They say the fuck out of my blind spot. That's your responsibility, not mine. Well, they it's tried to. You can't, to just, you can't teleport out of a blind spot. You can't be like, I'm not yeah, in it anymore. You are in a very maneuverable little piece of shit death trap. You can most certainly stay out of people's fucking blind no. spots. You don't know. Not what always, no. because then you throw a fit about that, too. Uh, you know what? You're right. They shouldn't be cutting between people on the fucking highway. They, okay, they should not be during regular traffic. But when oh, traffic is at a standstill, the treatment. laws... The laws do indicate that it is safer because it is statistically safer for a motorcycle. The laws to, do, or just the, the facts? The back laws. It up. There are laws that say. There are laws that say that in a traffic jam, motorcycles can pass as they please to get out of traffic because it is it is less safe for them to be sitting in front of a car that's not moving because it is more likely that the car behind them is going to go. Oh, I can I can just head up. Good. Fuck them. 
Well, we all I'm, know that listen, you don't like motorcycles. Like, just are, because they want to live. There are plenty <laughs> of people out there driving motorcycles in responsible, safe ways. And I'm all for that. Enjoy yourself. I'm sure it's a freeing experience to drive a motorcycle, to ride on a motorcycle, all of those things. I just have seen so many times, I, I, every time, time I see a motorcycle driving on the road, at least half of the time they're acting like a jackass. At, at least, least half, half the time I drive down the road, Car drivers are yeah. assholes. Like drivers in general are assholes. It has yeah. nothing to do with driving. What just driving. sucks. Driving just sucks. Hey, you know what I miss? The pandemic when no one was driving. That was beautiful. It was the best. I'm just saying. I'm not seeing bumper stickers like, watch out for cars. They're not asking for special treatment. Well, well, start start treatments. making them. Yeah, uh, I start will. start your own bumper sticker company. Or understand the logic of what it is, which is. They fit in blind spots much better. They you you go blind That's to their them. choice. Okay, uh, if I'm fucking driving on the Autobahn with a goddamn Ferrari. Okay, that's great. And yeah, here, I, I want to see that. World. And here's Mister. And here's Mister Jenkins. And yeah, why did you pick a Ferrari? And he's got his. He's got his fucking Yugo. Okay? Can't afford a Ferrari. It's my responsibility really to, to watch into. out They're for like him because he's too. driving a vehicle that is not equipped to be it's one any of those fancy ass. sports cars. <laughs> he's. He's driving a 50 mile per hour automobile on the fucking automobile. You just can't get into them. They're so small. Only you know, 50 talking. mile an hour? I'm talking. <laughs> Sorry. 50 mile an hour is not that fast. Sorry. Oh, we should have checked our blind spot. He was right there. I yeah. did the whole time. I didn't I'm see him there. I'm just saying. It's not my responsibility to mitigate your risk taking. It's Do not my job. you have a bumper job. sticker on your Ferrari? Just no, asking. I, I don't have a Ferrari. I have a Civic. But I'm just saying. <laughs> It's not my job to mitigate your irresponsibility. No, and it's, it's not their irresponsibility because every single car has a different blind spot. And to assume that every motorcycle driver knows every blind spot of every car that they passed is completely ridiculous. It's, it's part of the test. Well, this is, like, part of, this is part of the problem with motorcycles, okay? Who drives motorcycles? People All kinds of people. People that can't afford a regular car. Oh, oh, that was a real good argument from your friend that one time. Yeah, well, he couldn't afford well, it. He could afford a regular car. He didn't want to afford the kind of car he could have afforded. So he said he got a cross yeah, I mean, like a big fucking man. You know, he's also kind of a dick. So. Yes, he also is kind of a dick. But that's he, my point. His, his response, dicks. His so response to, dicks. To, to you saying that you don't need to be extra careful was to say that he would punch you in real life if he saw you, which was a super responsible position to take. Look, and I don't mirror. I'm not saying that I'm the good guy here. I'm not the fucking good guy. I am a fucking douchebag about this subject. I understand that, okay? Yeah. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, my experience has been that dudes who choose a motorcycle, and I'm saying dudes here because of testosterone and the manliness of it, right? Wow. They're kind of fucking douchebags. Not all of them, yeah. obviously. Jamie rides a motorcycle all, any group all the time. Is a bunch of douchebags. But it's so actually a often, horse. So often, it's dudes that want to, like, show off their manliness, right? Just want to show off how fucking big and manly they are. I don't buy that at all. I just don't buy that. All right. Well, I don't know. It's just, that's my experience. What about scooters? Scooters are fine. You know why? They don't don't have the the fucking vroom vroom. Yeah, they do. You've never seen somebody on the on the highway haul an ass on a scooter. Let me tell you, people who own scooters are, like, a different kind of confident. Let me tell you that, first of all. Well, okay, so just let me recount a couple of experiences I've had, okay? And we've all heard these stories before because I bitch about this quite frequently, okay? But I'm going to say it again for the audience. One time. I was right. One time. I, no, there's been a one whole time. bunch of times. Well, we just quoted you. You said one time. So okay. you can't even correct yourself by saying, well, there's been a whole bunch of, the of times, times. One of the times. How's that? One of the times I had a bad experience. And by the way, once again, over 50% of the times I've interacted with motorcycles have been a bad experience. But anyways, I was driving on a highway and 
a group of like 20 or 30 of them decided they wanted to merge. So what they did is they all came over at once, not giving a fuck about where anybody else was at, and they forced me into a bunch of fucking orange construction barrels, which I had to duck and dodge and weave to avoid hitting. That was just me pausing to stare at him as he did that. I apologize for nothing. Okay. I mean, it's called Was I Drunk? That's fair. (laughs) So that was one time, right? And they just drove on happily because it was more important they stay together as a group because they're they're a fucking motorcycle gang. They can do what the hell they want. Another time, literally saw a guy go out in the middle of an intersection on a highway, stop traffic in in the intersection on the exit ramp to let all of his motorcycle buddies off the highway. Never mind the fact there's a goddamn red light right there saying, go, stop, go, stop. Ignoring all of that, making everyone else stop. He thought they were clear, so he drove off, let traffic resume. The green light was going, so the lane started moving. One scraggler came up, ran the red light, almost got hit by a car, and then decided he was going to kick that guy's car multiple times because that guy was the asshole. Well, the issue is, is... That's an asshole driver. It has nothing to do with the fact he was on a motorcycle. It has to do with yeah. the fact that he was an asshole you're, driver. You're equating like you're equating to these these couple of douchebag experiences. Oh, too. couple! It's been a whole bunch. Oh, That's it's two. been a whole bunch. You you do you document every single time that you track you, you just you. check <laughs> you check every single time you pass by a motorcycle on the highway and they're behaving themselves by the rules Listen. that you think that they should. Yeah, I'm just a nice list. What do you know about motorcycle law? There's only one reason you choose to ride a motorcycle over a drive a regular car. Most people that have motorcycles have regular cars, by the way. They don't just just have a motorcycle. A fair amount, yes. They choose it because it's, quote, cool. Or because it's, it's fun. Cool. Have you ever driven a motorcycle? Okay, or fun. Or it's fun. fun. It's nice. You, you can't even ride a bike. You experience the environment. Though. You feel the air. You, you're you part of that landscape. Seriously, you're part of that landscape. It's a different experience than driving a car. I, I will... I will kind of take take Austin's side on on one thing, and that's cyclists, bicycle riders. Oh fuck, bicycle riders! Because, and I'm not talking about the people that are going, you know, riding their bike to work. Not the toddlers who are, who are just practicing. I'm talking about the ones in their full spandex outfit, just going at it, going at it up a hill because they're the next Lance Armstrong. Hey, they might be. No, I have one of those they today. won't be. They weren't. Hey. They weren't beating my car that was going 20 miles per hour, so that's uh, bad for them. On the way here, literally today I had this. There was a motor, there was a bicyclist in the right-hand lane in a line of cars behind him, and he's just in the center of the lane, just, I'm here. This is my road, too. To be fair, depending on where you are and what road you're on, that's the legal precedent for it, a bike. It was not on it that is. fucking road. It is. However, if a car was going 10 miles an hour down the road— a police officer would pull up and say, what the hey, fuck are you doing? what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. That and they want to obey all the traffic. They want to be treated like a car until it's inconvenient to them. Okay. Stop signs? Fuck that. They're going. Here's what I'm going to do. To be fair, like, people in cars do that, too. So. That's true. <laughs> I'm going to put fucking wheels on the canoe. I'm going to get out oh, there and just start fucking do. canoeing my ass around. In fact, everyone else does Oh, That'd oh, be good exercise. On. Watch out for canoes, people. Watch out for fucking canoes. I've made a stupid fucking decision. Holy shit. So you shit. watch out for me. Hey, I actually legitimately want a bumper sticker for my car that says, watch out for canoes. Okay, well, we'll, we'll Photoshop that one up. Because cause I just think that would be great. Coming soon. Salted Peanuts merch store. <laughs> I actually have a t-shirt idea for that. Oh, um, well, now we have bumper stickers. Now we have bumper stickers, right? I Watch have out the, for the news. news. <laughs> I have, I have uh, written down here, I have a type and it's mostly women. 
that's uh, that's, that's a good true. one. You know, look once again. I know I'm being a douchebag about it. It's just it annoys me. It's an irritant. You know, it's like well, and, granted, I don't drive motorcycles. And never, I've never driven a motorcycle <gasps> actually. Oh, oh well, there's the there's the problem. Well, you know why? I just I'm not manly enough. I guess I'm not. Cool you enough. just don't have the testosterone for a motorcycle to really just ride. You don't, you don't have the bank yeah. account for a motorcycle. When's yeah. the last time you rode a bike? Well, I'm too fat to ride bikes, so I saw one in your shed. Nobody... Yeah, I'm too fat to ride that bike. I thought you it's had that special bike. reinforced one. Yeah, I did, but I'm too fat to ride that bike. Uh, it's not that I'm too fat. Like, well, I am too fat, but I can ride the bike. It's not a break or something. Fuck you, by the way. Bike seats Fuck are just you. bike seats are just uncomfortable. And they're uncomfortable when you're fat. My God, even the even the one for fat men bikes bikes they're terrible. Yeah. They like double it up, but it's still like nah. No, it's not good. It feels really bad. Have you tried so. the spandex shorts? I've I've not tried. You know they're that. nice, you know actually. I have some. That's fair. I've oh, never tried. Yeah, them. like they're padded. They have the little gel. They have like butt pads. Yeah. Oh well, shit. I need to buy some then. <laughs> they're I'd love to see pants. you of course and those right there. Just oh like, yeah, that's no, all that, I'm gonna wear from thick. now on. I have like a thick. whole cyclist outfit actually. Um, it's it's cool. It has cats on it. Um. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> all right. Okay. But, I can no, get. Like, I can accept that. Like you guys are sitting here hating on cyclists. My dad's a big cyclist. Um, I. No, it's okay. I'm not offended. Um, but, like, I get irritated behind cyclists, too. But I think it's all all about, like, knowing where you're riding. Um, there's a lot of, uh, in our area, like, a lot of hills. Um, that's good for hill training, but also uh, it's... Can be really annoying for it's, drivers? It's annoying for drivers, but I think, like, when my dad does it, he does it on weekends when it's not as busy. You don't have the big traffic of people going to work. So I think it's being conscious and considerate of other people on the road. You don't want to do it during big rush hour times, number one, for your safety, um, but then also, like, be considerate. Share the road for the cyclists, but also cyclists should share the road with the cars, too. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's what it boils down to. With the cyclists and with the motorcycles, be considerate. Don't, don't do shit that you wouldn't want someone well, else doing. But that's the problem, is that, once again, you go back to the type of people that typically buy motorcycles have a lot of testosterone. They got some big swinging balls on them. And by God, they're not considerate because it's their road. It's their... These are the same guys that put truck knocks on their fucking 4 by 4 I and just roll, don't think you actually believe that. I don't think... I do believe I don't that. Think you, you are so anti-stereotype. I can't believe that you Plus, think like, that... You've got truck knocks on your car, so... I don't have truck nuts on my car. That Not you yet. know of. Not yet. <laughs> the hand that's was dragging beneath the thing. I just it just irritates the hell out of me. I guess it's one of those things where it just makes me mad. I don't know. Mm, uh, mad. Mad. <sighs> Austin Cross. Mad. At the end of the day, whatever it is, whatever you drive, don't be an asshole. That, that's the thing. Here's the thing. If I could just see less of less of the asshole behavior, I probably would be nearly as hostile towards from it. From all parties. That's the, that's from yeah. all parties. That means you, bud. Yeah. No, I'm not an asshole to them. I'm not. Okay. I, I leave plenty of space between me and the next vehicle. Mm-hmm. I always check my fucking blind spots. No, twice. Do you watch out for motorcycles? enough to watch out. For, fuck, you know I do not. Because they don't deserve any he's special speci- treatment. He's specifically, he has a brain disease where he specifically blanks out the, <laughs> the image of motorcycles. He just I, sees somebody just like blur. running. <laughs> it's a blur. It's yeah. like the fuzzy. Ch- 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 All right. That's what sound blurs make. I think that is a great time to take a break for our fictitious sponsor. A cool meadow breeze. The sound of a babbling brook. The quiet of a serene forest. Well, our app isn't that.
Instead of winding down at bedtime, why don't you wind up with Frantic, the only meditation app designed to put you at unease. Ah, Russia's invading Ukraine. Who knows where they're going next? Where are they going next? And there's weird amoebas. If you swim in the water, they're good. the amoebas will get into your brain. And then just, oh, and, COVID's coming back. It's going to get bad again. And then oh, and just, everything's oh, just, everything's going. Oh, 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 the sun. The sun can give you cancer. It's, it's going to it's it's Everything's oh, terrible. Oh. Frantic. If you're too calm and need to freak the fuck out. Wow, that sounds like something that would just set me on fucking edge. Oh, yeah, yeah. I am already terrified at the examples that were provided. But like a good way. Yeah, yeah, like I need some nightmares tonight. Yeah, my nightmare fuel 100%. I sleep too great. Let's just fix that. Well, I mean, with Ghostbed, you know, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> We've also been promoting that product, so it's been absolutely great. All right, so moving into our main topic for the day, we're going to go to our resident smarty pants, Mr. Sean, and he's going to give us a breakdown of what we're talking about. Oh, uh, oh right, right. Um, the anti-science movement is a trend among people to reject scientific discovery in favor of their own beliefs. Why? Oh, uh, from vaccines to climate change, people are choosing to embrace cultural, political, and religious beliefs over those of the scientific community. Well, I mean, why do we need science, guys? I mean, come on. What's it done for anybody? Uh, I mean... Everything? <laughs> I mean, yeah. are we, we are on a podcast, so on the internet. That's fair. Now, obviously, you know, we're talking about scientific discovery. It's led to so many great things in this world, right? And the embracement of science uh, with uh, the uh, scientific revolution, with the Enlightenment period, it absolutely led to our modern world. So why are we seeing this trend now? Is it just now? I mean, no, it's absolutely not just now. It, it dates back as early as the 15th, 16th centuries. Um, there, and one of the big uh, notable objections was a... Uh, a, a guy by the name of Hook, I believe, who was adamantly against Newton. Just Hook. Just Hook. Captain or? <laughs> I don't think he was. He's just a lieutenant. Yeah, we'll call him. We'll call him. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it, it's it's always been there. Um, but it does ebb and flow. You know, science gains ground and gains respect within society, and then it, it falters. Uh, and we're definitely in a period of, of that faltering. I mean, is it because that, I mean, scientists are human beings, right? They're, they're capable of uh, making mistakes. Well, that's the thing is that's, that's science. You, you make a mistake, you observe that you've made a mistake, and then you try it again to see if that mistake was just you or if it was the process that you were going through. No, absolutely. I understand that. Science is also built to learn by making mistakes. Like if... If the outcome of the experiment that you're running is exactly what you anticipated, then it probably wasn't even worth running the experiment. Like, sincerely, that's how science is, is devised. You if look I, for the anomalies. If I smash a hammer on my hand, will it hurt? Exactly. You already yes, know the answer. It did. Surprise. I didn't think it would hurt. I wasn't too sure on that, so I had to test the theory. Well, here's a statistic from Pew Research. Statistic. from Pew Research. Um, saying that basically 29% of all U.S. adults, they have a great deal of confidence in medical scientists. 
to act in the best interest of the public. That's down from 40% in 2020. Um, that's just one there. And also 19%, another area has said that um, they have they only um, some trust in scientists. So why, I mean, what has happened in the last... It's just... It, it's, it's pandemic, obviously. It is wildly ironic to me that there are so many people who tweet or post on Facebook and are like, science isn't uh, isn't great. And it's like you, you're using a tool of science right this very minute yeah. to express your distrust of science. Okay, but building off of the question that Dustin asked was like, why are the numbers different? Um, I think it's largely due to the fact that uh, this, especially with COVID, everything was changing all the time. So if the recommendations like, should we wear a mask? Should we not wear a mask? You have the vaccine now. There's a whole bunch of different companies putting out these vaccines, which is the best, which isn't. Everything was constantly changing. All the recommendations were changing a lot. So people started to lose a little bit of uh, faith. They weren't sure what to believe. There was a lot of misinformation being put out and people were confused. Um, there was things that were being stated as fact that weren't necessarily facts. Um, I'm not saying like from specific sources, but like there was just a lot of confusion and people were starting to lose faith in a lot of different things. You may not want to cite sources, but I will. And I'll jump in and just say that this whole over-politicized culture that we have and the fact that we just got out of an administration and a president who was entirely anti-science and spewed, you know, he built his, the, the chief medical officer as this kook is just absolutely ridiculous. Like well, that's the culture we're in right now. I'm no Trump apologist, but I mean, in the beginning, he seemed to embrace some of it. Or then as it went on, it seemed like, uh, you know, his base wasn't quite picking up what he was laying down. So he kind of went with more with what, where they were leading at, you know, a bit. Well, because everybody knows that the vaccines are full of microchips to be used. Oh, yeah, to, Bill Gates, right? Yeah, and the sign of the beast and, you know, all that, uh, all that good fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's not just vaccines, though. Right. It's it's all science. I mean, it, it, I hate to once again, I don't like doing this shit that some people do where they're like, it's under attack. We're under attack, you know, suddenly. But it feels that way a little bit that there is a concerted effort among some people to delegitimize scientists or science in general. It doesn't when it doesn't agree with their accepted worldview. So the one of the biggest things that we're facing right now is a an increase in proliferation in lobbyist scientists. Um which is ugly because they basically just they're paid to fund papers and research that go against actual science. Call them what they are, whores. Yeah, seriously. Unfortunately, whore scientists. Um, the the two that they're come to paid mind to say something that yeah yeah, yeah. the you the put biggest something culprit in their mouth they don't really want to yeah but they do for money. The biggest culprit is climate change. You know that's why all all of the things that you'll see is ninety eight percent of scientists agree that climate change is happening and it's human caused and all this. Yeah, hey, but what about that two percent? Yeah, that two percent are lobby. They're the ones that are being paid by. The big corporations. Well, I'm going to listen to that 2% because they agree with everything that I think. Now, hold on, though. No, get me wrong. Once again, I agree with you. But at the same time, are there some of that 2% that are legitimately seeing the data differently? They are seeing information differently? They are interpreting the results differently? Of course or they are. are. Just really shitty scientists? I mean, is that possible? No, no, it's not possible. Both. They're seeing it differently because their wallets are getting padded to see it differently. That's how it is. So one of the, like, the big dreams of science is that 
you've got the the newcomer who sees something nobody else has seen, and so they're going to bring that to the table, and they'll be able to shift everybody's mind to see, you know, this is the way things really are. We've discovered something new. The only problem is you have that new up-and-coming scientist who's like, hey, I just got a hundred grand to say that I don't think the same thing as everyone else. I mean, once again, I don't disagree, but you also have a situation evolving with not just with climate science, not just with vaccinations. And the vaccination thing I think is very interesting because it doesn't break along party lines. It actually is, you see a large number of extremely liberal people who are anti-vax. You see people that are conservative that are anti-vax, okay, for different reasons usually, but some overlapping reasons even. I think there's also an issue with a disconnect between science with where it is and the common understanding of science for the, the common man. Science has gotten to the point where it, and it has been to this point for hundreds of years, where it is really, really hard to actually understand what science is. Like the higher levels of science, even the medium levels of science, it's hard to actually grasp and it's difficult. But to go back to, to interrupt you, sorry, but to go back to the point of the, the whole idea of vaccines are going to give you a microchip and they're going to track your every move. Do you have any idea how small those vaccine needles are? They are tiny. We already have microchips. We have microchips. We can do this. This is a micro the microchips are a thing, but they are large. They are cumbersome. There are microchips that are small enough to go in vaccine needle. All right. No, they are not. They're, they're they just isn't. fucking robots. They, they're absolutely. I'm sure they can do this. To... Okay. So what's the difference between doing that and just throwing it into the water supply, no, legit, putting it into le- the food? Legit, legit. We can put it just about anywhere. Okay, yeah, but you look, could like Wayne, poop it out. Look, Wayne. I'm just gonna look. That's fine. They still collect the data. They still collect the data for however they're long not, it takes you to poop it they're out. They're not doing it. But you're also wrong. They literally do inject microchips like the tracking chips they can. fucking whatever. They, they can. can. They do. So, but once again, uh, those chips are large. So uh, to a bigger point, which many people have pointed out, nearly every American has a phone on them at all times. Yeah. Uh, those have plenty of microchips on them. And, yeah. And you pay like $1,000 for the privilege to carry them around. Yeah, and it's always the the tweet or the Facebook post where it's, you know, I can't believe that they want to put this microchip in me tweeted from my iPhone. Okay. Well, once again, it's not just these vaccines. It's not just climate change, right? It's across the board. So another thing I saw recently, not recently, you've got the Creation Museum in Kentucky, right? Mm, now listen, so good. And the Ark. Now, in the Ark, right? Once again, not dogging religious belief. I'm really not, okay? But at the end of the day, I will. you cannot... Okay, well, you can get to that in a second, but here's the thing. You cannot objectively say dinosaurs roamed the earth 5,000 years ago. It Nor can not. you say that there was ever a point where dinosaurs and man lived on the same planet at the same time. Okay, but that's my point is we are bending scientific belief to match our own religious beliefs. I just want to remind everybody that the devil is the one that buried dinosaur bones to trick man into thinking that dinosaurs existed at all. Well, that's about legit. I think so. I mean, so you, 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 Mr. Mr. Jenkins, wanted to dog on it. Go right ahead. I just, I, I do have an issue with the Creation Museum. I have an issue with the, the ARC exhibit. Um, I, I have an issue with the Creation Museum, the way they're presenting the information. The fact there's an ARC, an ARC, build a fucking ARC. I don't care. But it's a, it's a cool, giant attraction for religious people, Christians specifically. Yes. I'm sure the Muslims don't get a big kick out of the fucking ARC, but it's, you know. It's super sad that they picked two male unicorns. No. and, and they, they did? Yeah. What? Well, why don't you, th- there's no more unicorns. Oh my God, that's right, yeah. Yeah, that's they true. picked two boys. 
mistake. No I mean, more they babies. Both had the horns. So. Yeah, that should have been the first sign. <laughs> <laughs> but the ark, as an example, has dinosaurs. Uh, that when you walk through the ark, there are dinosaurs in the cabins where they store all of the other animals. Oh, like, really? Yes. I no, I have a problem with that because well, yeah. dinosaurs the, and man so, existed at the same time. We know this. There's just a there's an issue. Tens of thousands of children go to these these exhibits every single year, and they as as field trips from their schools. They're they're taken out of a education you know system, taken on a field trip to the Creation Museum or the Ark, and that to me is is problematic. You that is well, yeah, not that shouldn't happen. Agreed. In it, my opinion, it just should not happen. As, as uh, I, I've been to a cave system before that was owned privately, and they were owned by creationists who argued the point that it doesn't make sense that it would take thousands of years for stalactites or stalagmites to exist because the Earth's only 6,000 years old. So their argument was just go ahead and touch everything, destroy it all, it's fine. I am not a religious person, but here's the thing, I'm also not hostile towards religion. There is no reason why you cannot believe that God exists and he created the universe and also not believe in evolution and all those things. It's just a matter of how you, you view. Now, if you're going to be a strict literalist with the Bible, which I think anybody that's a literalist with the Bible hasn't read the Bible because you cannot possibly do that and be a sane person, in my opinion. But because there's too many things that just contradict that are really out there, you know? But if it's a, a, a set of stories meant to inform our lives and, and moral lessons, okay. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that you can't, you can't have both those. You can also believe that the earth was created, you know, by God, but also evolution exists. I think you can also have, you know, going back to the, the anti-science a little bit. Um, I mean, that is anti-science. I mean. I, no, I understand that. But this whole movement. But do they have to be at odds? Against each other. But even beyond that, you know, it's not just religion and science. It's also art and science. So, you know, an artist looks at a flower and and sees it for its beauty and then looks at the scientist and says, you must not see the same thing I see. You only see the 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 processes that have it. and, And it must be a dull existence that you live. And to the scientist, they see the beauty that the artist sees, but they also see the the cells that make it live they see the the evolution that made it you know have the 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 existence that it has well and then the the scientist shows the artist a view of the flower under a infrared or a ultraviolet lens something that we cannot see and then we see the true beauty behind it because what we can't see but insects and birds can is a vastly different thing and then a butterfly flaps his wings and all uh, shed a tear. It's amazing. Uh, it's beautiful. Uh, listen, I just say it came off as a little bit, you know, greeting but, card-esque. But point being, there is a there is to, there there is a difference between what you can take a beautiful picture of of a flower and it looks fantastic, but then you throw a infrared lens over it and suddenly it's a totally different thing. That's not. See, the thing is that is a different perspective that's a different view on something that is not taking and completely denying the objective reality of what the thing is it's not so it's not distrust of the science it's not distrust of it no. it's saying i'm no. seeing it through this lens differently but it's it's if they then argue the point of like well that's infrared we can't see infrared so the beauty is only valid in terms of what we can see 
Yeah, I don't think that's the problem, though. I think the problem is that people are saying that, like, doctors are out there ginning up some sort of vaccine that isn't going to help you. Or that, moving, yeah, beyond, yeah, yeah. moving beyond vaccines or anything else, what about crystals? What about, you know, burning sage to clear, to cleanse your home? Like all of this type of thing that's kind of having a resurgence after 50, 60 years that we're starting to see in every TJ Maxx. You can buy sage to burn in your home. Like... Well, and, and that that's part of the, the thing is is you look back to, well, we used to harvest specific trees, uh, what um, what's underneath the bark because it had a a um, uh, like a, an effect like a painkiller. Uh, and then we so like we the yeah, and then yeah, and then we did we did science to it and found out why it had that ability. And then we scienced the shit out of it and said, here's this, but concentrated. And we called it aspirin. And no, here's the thing. There's a difference between, like, oh, yes, homeopathic medicine and medicine that comes from nature, right? Nature, right? That is absolutely real, right? But guess what? That's also science. That's, that's the way things work. That's how this works. That's not saying that it doesn't exist. It's not denying its existence. It's not saying that we aren't going to trust these things. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous to me because we're living in a world now where it seems like more and more people are just denying objective reality. Well, and that's the problem is that people take take homeopathy and they they homeopathy. I, I don't think no. Uh, I don't know. That, that's not any, any more right than what he said. <laughs> but sure we're going to take a minute aside him. to say fuck you for pronouncing it that way. <laughs> also, is homeopathy the one where you like put water into or stuff into water? No, guys. I think it's kitten cannon with what we're talking about here. I really think uh, it is back, absolutely kitten cannon. Back so. to the damn kitten cannons. <laughs> Anyways, we do not condone kitten cannons. No, Aaron, like, a <laughs> we, weeks ago said kitten cannon like it was a phrase. And he just, kept, phrase. he just kept and saying it's it. not. It's just not. It's not a real phrase. It's not an idiom. It's nothing. It's just made up in his head. But now it's like he thinks it's real. It's real. It's real. Like merch or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the kitten cannon merch. <laughs> <laughs> but point being... Homeopathy, homey, home, how do you pronounce it? Say it again. Say it no again. Say it, hey, say it again. <laughs> homeopathy. Okay. Homeopathy or homeopathy as any sane person would pronounce it. There are, there are roots in science, but it is people that are trying to stray away from science who have a distrust for science, who lean towards this, and they are going for the weaker benefit Instead of going for the scientific, hey, we found out why this does what it does, and then we condensed it down to a pure and powerful form. What part of this, though, is, in my opinion, what not in my opinion, what part of this is the weakening of the American educational system or educational systems in general in the world? Because not just in America this is happening, but it's where we live at. What about that? What about just not teaching kids? It boils down to distrust of science distrust of the man i mean like i don't trust men so well, that's, <laughs> fair. that's fair it's that's fine. fair okay. we're pretty untrustworthy <laughs> science became an enemy at some point and i don't know exactly when and it has happened time and time again throughout history um carl sagan wrote a book um back in 96 called the demon haunted world and it is all about this. It's all about society embracing anti-science instead of science and this has you know, it's come to a head recently, of course, but it, this, it's ebbed and flowed throughout 
time. No, absolutely. Every time a new scientific discovery has been brought up to Galileo, right, there's people on the other side going, no, 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 that goes against what I believe, and being uncomfortable doesn't feel good. So I don't want to be uncomfortable. I think also to your point, part of that ebb and flow is kind of a cycle of, like, hype and then, like, disappointment and then kind of normalization, right? Like, you, I think you gave the example of willow bark becoming aspirin earlier, right? Uh, someone did. Um, so th- to that point, like, you get real excited, like, oh, there's a pill that makes me not feel any pain. Oh, it makes me feel less pain. Uh, I don't know if I trust you as much anymore because it didn't quite deliver what I expected. Well, and there's, there's a difference between ebb and flow, and there's a difference between, you know, new science disturbing or upsetting people, but we're not even seeing that. We're seeing a regression. We're seeing an actual regression of science where it's like, this is shit has been established. This fucking works. Vaccines fucking work. Well, it, it just go, it goes back to our whole politicization. Politicization. I have. Aaron, how do we pronounce I, that one? Politicization. Oh, I don't good, think that's good. right. That's not, that's not right at <laughs> all. Politicization. Politicization. A few too many of our drinks so far. But politicization. Polit, polit, politicization. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. Is there another it's way bad. we can say this? We, we, <laughs> it's, we, are, we, are, we are making it a us versus them, a science versus religion, a whatever, and it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, swear to God. <laughs> I thought you had a point. You. Uh... I forgot it because uh, you said politicization so yeah, many sorry. times. Okay. Um, I, I was a little too uh, off, off the That's rails the there. That's the part that upsets me is this regression, okay? It's not, oh. it's not new no, science. I forgot it. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good Lord, that was fast. <laughs> but no, it, it's the fact that we're rejecting things that have been established that people did believe in just shortly, a short time ago, right? I, I really do think, getting back to the point earlier, I do think it's it's lobbying of science. I think it's the idea that we can't trust science because science has been bought. I think that that's the biggest thing that we're facing right now. Like, how can you trust scientists if they're you? You just can't trust them because all of them are bought and paid for by lobbyists. And, of course, that's not true, but that seems to be a common narrative, and I think that's feeding it. It's muddy in the waters, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would agree with that, but also science isn't free. Like, a lot of this research is very expensive. Um, So it's going to be paid for and sponsored by somebody, which makes it difficult to trust because if it's paid for by somebody, you're going to think that it's being swayed in some way. But also it's not free, so it has to be paid for in some way. Yeah, and that's the problem is that people kind of look at it and they say, like, well, I don't agree with the fact that it's being paid for. Well, to your point, it, it has to be. Mm-hmm. It just It's not going to happen if nobody's paying for it. So someone along the lines is paying for a response. And it just kind of depends on, well, if 98% of people, of scientists, are saying that it is a certain way then either the the pockets are very deep of whoever is paying them or the 2% that are the opposite just happen to be the correct. And I just don't believe that. Look, it's muddying the waters, like I said, a muddying of the waters. You, there's 2%, let's say the 2% of the corrupt scientists, that, uh, uh, just to save the argument, right? The 2% are. But what we do out there is we say, well... We want our side to win this political debate. And it's mostly political, this, 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 this push and pull right now. And so what we're going to do is we're going to muddy those waters and make it seem like all of them are corrupt, right? All of them are. But it like with the funding, it goes back to the funding. Um, 
are the the ninety eight percent the only part that's being funded, or the two percent? The two percent that maybe they aren't correct, or maybe they're incorrect, but maybe they're correct and they're not getting the funding. So there's not as many people who are agreeing with them because there's not the money to back up the studies. But but that's that's the thing is that that you can't. The problem is that, generally speaking, the ones that are making the argument, the vast majority of the ones making an argument in the scientific community are making an argument that doesn't make money for people. And and that's where you fall to is where is the money? Because that's always what drives everything is where does the money go? Who 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 can make a profit off of this? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where most of the scientists fall to is they fall to the position that does not make money for people. But it also goes down to where the money's coming from and where it's going. Because at one point, we used to trust university studies. We're losing more and more faith in the universities that this science is actually being developed within. We're losing faith in those universities that we used to have a whole lot of trust to. So do we turn to the private industry for science? Do we honestly no. trust that? No, no I agree. We don't. <laughs> so I think I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's right that we're losing faith in the the universities. I don't know, but we are. So maybe that's another the issue of of anti science sliding in. I don't know. But like we were talking about earlier with the ebb and flow, like there's going to be the ebb and the flow. It's going to come yeah, back. Like, like our, that's what our, that means. Yeah, like our faith in science is going to come back. There's going to be some that's less. And it's going to come back even stronger. It's like the ocean tides. It's going to come. It's going to go away. Yeah, yeah but until exactly. then, I want to smack that soccer mom in her fucking head, the PTA meeting, who goes, their school ain't getting my kid no vaccine, putting the devil in them. I'm just saying it makes me upset that we're at this point. Not to mention the fact that a whole lot of people don't believe in climate change. And... It's less and less now, hey, but yeah. Because okay, look, the fucking side effects are getting more and more hey, visible. Yeah, it they still are. gets cold in winter, so yeah, uh, it always snowed in fucking uh, goddamn March. Oh, climate change! You fucking ignorant Ted Cruz. Where's global warming now? There was still winter in February. Yeah, I swear so, to God, I saw a fucking uh, political ad earlier for uh, one of the Senate candidates in Ohio. And uh, he's right there next to Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz endorsed him, right? I'm thinking, what a fucking endorsement that is, Ted Cruz. Even if you're a conservative, hey, hey, hey. why the fuck would you ever think Ted hey, Cruz look, was good? Whenever it snows, just fly to Cancun. Oh, oh. snap, snap. All right, so earlier you said you kind of had a issue with industry funding science and not trusting that. But at the same time, right now we have industry funding all sorts of research and development uh, especially, you know, pharmaceuticals. But the problem we face is not like they're not trustworthy because they're trying to make something that works. It's that we want to make sure that we trust there's a system in place to test out and validate that it works and does the thing it claims to without harmful side effects. Look, in that situation, once again, is there personal motivation to make it work for them, right? Obviously, yes. And for them, yes, because they want to sell a product, right? Now, that being said, is there also motivation to hide results or fudge results to make that product work. Oxycontin, right? right? Great example. In the 90s, they go, it's not addictive. They fucking knew it was addictive. They 100% knew it was addictive. They said, no, no, it's not addictive. They hid those results. Right. So, yes, they have a motivation to make results turn out a certain way that benefits them. But that's why I'm saying that's why we have, you know, FDA to check and make sure that drugs do what you're expecting them to without the same... And then we have uh, lobbyists to make sure the FDA well, doesn't yeah. do their fucking yeah. job. Like the government could ever tell me how to... I don't know. 
Good oh, one. That's a bad argument. All Good right. one, Wayne. <laughs> well, I think I'm going to wrap that up. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening to Was I Drunk? Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Was I Drunk SP. That's at Was I Drunk SP. And if you like what we're doing here, please, please, for the love of God, subscribe and like because um, it really helps us out. Uh, also, feel free to tag us in a comment or leave us with a suggestion for a future episode. Until next time, bottoms up.